between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. Lord, we thank you this evening. We worship you. Our Savior, we give you reverence tonight. We, we honor your name. We thank you for all that you have done. And thank you for even more that you desire to do in us. We bring thanksgiving to you. Thank you for, for the work which you're doing within. Thank you for the inward transformation that is happening to every heart, Lord. Thank you for breakthroughs. Thank you for even covenants that have been made. And thank you, Lord, for things that have been put to death. And thank you for even greater things which you will do, that which you have said, which you propose to do. Father, Lord, we ask, let the doorway to the Spirit be open. Let the gates be open. Open it, Lord, to us. We come beckoning, beckoning in the corridor of the Spirit. We ask you, let the doors be open. By mercy, by mercy, let the mercy of the throne permit that doors be open to us as we as we knock. Said if we knock, that shall be open to us. We, are, we knock at the doors of grace tonight, at the door of mercy. Let mercy open up to us. Let mercy not be close to us. Let mercy be open. I pray. Let mercy rest upon every heart, upon every soul. On every spirit, every being, Lord, is the mercy for this time, for this season, for this time. Let every heart obtain mercy. Help us, Father. We receive help from you. Thank you. Fanahashto, press you. Sit. We sit before you as people who have been helped by you, Lord, for to access your, your grace and your mercy. Thank you. We worship you. We pray that help give us the joy which we need in our heart to draw waters out of salvation wells, Lord. Thank you for ease, for the flow of your thought, for the flow of understanding, Father, into every heart. We give glory to your name. We worship you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless your name. Give you glory. In Jesus' name. Lord, help me tonight. I pray I seek your, your help. I seek your, your grace. I seek mercy to use me as your vessel, Lord, to search out your word and to minister it and fit me, give me the right words. And Lord, help me with the, the ministering grace for this hour, for this time, to minister correctly and accurately, even by and with your spirit and with all the help from heaven which you have provided, which you have given to us. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory. We 
worship you, our Lord. May you be hallowed in our midst. May we always discern your holiness and the holiness of your word and of your truth. Grant us to our heart as we fellowship with you tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give all the glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Um, let's open our Bibles. Um, welcome back from convention. Um, I hope everyone was blessed. I'm sure that you were. If you are blessed, say amen. Amen. Okay. That's awesome. Thank you. Were you able to watch every session? Everybody. Okay, praise God. I'm sure some people might, might want to catch up. If you missed anything, you can still catch up. Praise God. Uh, it was an awesome program. Very wonderful. It was remarkable um, in many ways. Um, there, there was such a beautiful blend of simplicity and also depth. So I think it was a meeting that everybody could have been, should have been immensely blessed by and not just the the teaching and the word but also the intensity of the spirit right um, throughout each session praise God um, the Lord will help us uh, we, because we are starting uh, we'll be starting our prayers by tomorrow so um, I, I don't know do you guys have energy to pray the way I'm seeing you guys I don't know uh, <laughs> You don't look too encouraging, but maybe your, your strength doesn't appear. I shouldn't look on the outward, amen. I should look, I should look on the inward. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The Lord will have, we have to pray. We really have to. Um, I know very strongly that we, that what the Lord wants to do has to be birthed somehow. I don't know if better is the right word, but there has to be a readiness of heart um, to, we have to bridge that gap between the Lord's intention and what we are able to receive. And, you know, so the purpose of the prayer is, of course, is to, for the Lord to help our hearts to broaden our, you know, inward capacity, to raise hunger, in our hearts, praise God, and not not picking up old former hunger, but fresh one. You know what I mean? A fresh desire for God, a fresh um, fresh appetite for what the Lord wants to wants to bring to us. Amen. And God will help us um, as we continue. Praise God. Let's just open our Bibles. Um, so let's see. Amen. Um, I think we'll just continue from the same emphasis that we, I think we, we picked up from last time. We were here, I think we're, the message, um, I think we started from somewhere, then we moved, um, but there's something about the 
ministry of the of the Lord, praise God, that um, which prepares which will prepare us for the ministry of God Himself. All right, like we know that God wants to minister uh, to us. God wants to bless us, but um, the Lord hasn't yet finished His ministry yet, and so and that ministry has uh, is a is a fully complete ministry, which is the, the ministry of the Lord, is the ministry of preparation. And uh, that ministry is a, is a full ministry. It takes, you know, the soul coming through seasons and seasons of, of partaking, you know, for, to fully capture everything that the Lord has uh, for the soul. Praise God. Um, I'm, seeing a, I'm seeing a unique blessing uh, the Lord wants to give not just maybe knowledge, um, but the Lord wants to bring about a fresh, a fresh sense of God. Right? That um, a fresh, a fresh sense, um, a fresh, a fresh way of of perception and journey in God. You know, God has. God has many, he's a multi, he has many lights, you know, so sometimes the way you journey with God will determine how much light, or maybe light is not the answer, eyes that you can, you can have, praise God, to, to see God. You know, you, everybody sees God from their, it's your way, everybody has their own way. Um, and one of the things that should happen as you grow is, you should be coming into fresh, fresh eyes of seeing. You know, don't be stuck to one way of seeing God, right? That, and that's one of the reasons for the, the ministry, the pasture, the ministry of, the, of, of revelation. Uh, praise God. The ministry of revelation um, is before just the giving of knowledge. It has, to, it has to do with the giving of eyes, like they were speaking to Paul, right? First thing you have to do is to open what? Blind eyes. That's the first thing. Uh, when um, the ministry of the Spirit is coming to souls. Yeah, the, the beginning is just to open. There are, there are many eyes of the soul which was, have been blinded over time. I think I talked a little bit about how the first work is blindness when a, a child is being raised, right? That so much is done for is it investment on the earth and in the world to, to install blindness, praise God. And, and that blindness can stay for decades, and the person will never open them up. But we thank God for the ministry of the Spirit that can bring, first of all, recovery of sight or, or recovery of eyes. Amen. So I, I've seen that this, um, this will be a season of definition. Um, I, I, don't, I don't want to say maybe redefinition, but, but a kind of definition that will... That will, bring, that will make way manifest. When I say way, I mean way of approach to God. Praise God uh, of our souls. So I'm, I'm, I'm praying that the Lord will help us and the Lord will bless us. And some souls, some, some 103, thank you, Jesus. Um, in Psalm 103, one of the, the things that we established here uh, from Psalm 103 is the uh, key, key things or the key attribute of the ministry of the shepherd, right? The ministry of who? 
of, of the shepherd. So the key aspect or characteristic of, of the ministry of the shepherd, there are two main operations, right, in shepherding ministry. Um, what are the two operations? It's, to, it's the operation of the giving of food and then what? The operation of leading. A- amen. So, so when you, the, you think of a shepherd, you just, those two things, just how to give food and how to do what? And how to lead. Amen. So the, it's very clear that the, the role of the Lord is the shepherding role. <clears throat> that any Lord, uh, that every Lord that is God is, or every Lord that is carrying out a function from God is doing it for the purpose of shepherding. Praise God. Now, the purpose of shepherding, to shepherd, um, is to give food. Praise God. And to do what? And to cause leading. Amen. So to give food, right? And then to do what? Cause what is leading is to cause movement, but not just movement, to bring about the right movement. Because every soul moves, but not every soul. The problem is that souls are not moving correctly or are not moving rightly. So <clears throat> the purpose of shepherding, um, why every soul needs to be shepherded, is for to bring the correct, to define the right motion of the soul or the right motion, the right movement, praise God, which the, the soul needs to carry or need to carry out. Thank you, Jesus. Um, now, feeding, there's a, a direct link between the food of the, of the soul or the, the food of the flock and the feet of the flock, how the feet operates and how the feet moves. So, if the, it means that the, the kind of food, praise the Lord, that is, that is given, that every food that is given, the intent of God feeding is when God is feeding, is to, to def- make the soul find way of coming to him, right? Or coming after him or coming to him. You see that. that so, but that link is not, has not been fully as Christians, we've not fully seen that. Um, we're not, we don't, or we, let me not say seen, we've not fully experienced that operation of, of being led to God or being led by God, praise the Lord, um, according to the pattern or according to the, uh, the, the food, the way, you know, the kind of food that God gives, praise the Lord. So, and there's a lot of things there. What, there's something about the taste buds of men that don't have taste for God's food. Right? We, don't, we don't have a taste board for God's actual food. Amen. Yeah. And so, we don't have taste for his food. We have taste for other things. <laughs> right. Now, 
um, it's not easy to develop the right taste buds for God's food. Because the taste, how, how you taste, there's something behind it. It's not physical taste. I'm talking about the taste of the soul. Uh, there's something about the, the there was, there's a place the soul must come into, praise God, uh, to be able to, 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 to make the connection between food, what that God is bringing, and the destination of where God wants to take the soul to. <clears throat> Praise God. Um, even though that, that connection is hard to make, it's not easy to make it here because when you try to make it in your mind, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. The, you'll find out that the food which the Lord is bringing, some t- a lot of times you can't see in the meal the doorway or the how that meal defines a, a way of movement. Like it's difficult for the soul to, to connect the food with the destination. Because there's a lot of, there are a lot of blindness um, and there's a lot of, we are, we are not, we're not good followers. Right? We are not um, compatible with the ministry of the shepherd. We're not compatible. We are not flock. We don't have, for the most part, we don't have flock nature. Praise God. And, and you see that one of the main things that the world is designed to take out of, out of human beings is the nature of, uh, of a flock. Praise God. The, the nature of a flock, what is defined the nature of a flock? The nature of a flock, the flock understands feeding and being led. Praise God. That's the word nature of what? A flock. A flock understands what? Feeding. And in fact, the flock knows nothing apart from that. But if you remove that from the flock, the flock has no sense. It's not aware of anything apart from how to be fed and how to be what? And how to be led. So um, it's clear that souls will not do too well in God if that is a, is like a, is a nature of a flock is a kind of a, a nature of a flock that needs to rest upon the soul, to configure the soul and to make the soul to, to, to stay in the path of leading. Praise the Lord. And, and um, amen. The Lord will help us. Amen. Um, so this, this Psalm 103 said, he said, I bless, sorry, mine 103 is 23. Psalm 23, praise God. Hallelujah. Psalm 23, glory to Jesus. He says that the Lord is my, what? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Glory to Jesus. That he maketh me to lie down in where? In green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Thank you, Jesus. So, so you see verse 2, capture the essence of, of shepherding ministry, right? It's... He's talking about the, the pasture, praise God, the, the green pasture. The, make me to lie down in green pastures, and then he does what? He leaded me, of course, the pastures are, is the food of the flock, praise God. So if the flock eats, the flock will lead. We saw that in the book of Revelation, 
um, chapter 7. Let's quickly read it again and see where those things come together. Revelation chapter 7. Praise God. And he that sits upon the throne, right? Um, for the Lamb, for 17, verse 16 said, They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is where, which is in the midst of the throne, shall do what? Shall feed them, and then shall lead them unto living what? Fountains of waters, and then God shall wipe away all tears from yeah, it's praise God. So, so you're seeing those two things uh, coming together um, when it's in this ministry, praise God, um, this shepherding ministry of the Lord, praise God. Um, this Lord that you see here, um, the Lord is, he said the Lord is my shepherd. Now, what does it mean? Um, David is, is speaking, of course, maybe he's, from his own experience, he's speaking maybe for himself, but the Lord is his shepherd. But, of course, this is a psalm. It's a, very, it's a pivotal psalm. It's a very key psalm in the Bible. And he's not just speaking concerning David. He's speaking concerning the soul. It's, a, it's actually a general statement that you can take. Praise God. And so what that means is that the, the Lord is... The, is the shepherd of the soul. Yes. Do you understand that? That the Lord is what? The, the, the Lord is, shep, is the shepherd. The Lord is the shepherd of the soul. Praise. So that word, that lordship, the lordship, amen. amen. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. The, in Second Corinthians, he was saying that, he said, the Lord is that spirit. The Lord is that spirit, and is that where the spirit of the word, Lord, is, there is liberty. Praise God now. When, when you're saying liberty, when they are speaking concerning liberty, spiritual liberty, we know that liberty can only be attained by walking. Do you understand that? It's by all. Liberty can only be attained by leading. That's, uh, the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of lordship is. Amen. There is, there is the spirit of lordship. And whenever Lord appears, then liberty is assured. Why is liberty assured? Because the, the Lord brings forth leading out of captivity or out of what? Bondage. Praise God. So, and so where the spirit of, the, of lordship is, that's the sign, the, the power of the spirit of lordship is that it brings about bondage. The word, what do you say, what do you call it? Huh? Brings about liberty. So that's one of the, the things about the shepherd. The shepherd. Um, the, when you see the shepherd leading the sheep, it is the shepherd cannot lead the sheep without freedom. 
praise God, that the, the giving of freedom to the sheep is one of the key things, that the wisdoms of the shepherd. And those who've studied flock, they discover that one of the, the main things about sheep is because that sheep, they are, they are so foolish that they always get stuck. Praise God, that they always do what? That the, the, the sheep, they are foolish, so it means that they are not wise but in themselves, right, to avoid things that can entrap them. And when he so speaks here about anointing, I anointed my head with oil, my cup right over, and I was reading somewhere that that anointing of oil is a, is a practice of shepherd where they anoint the sheep very well so that he doesn't get his head stuck in things, so he becomes slippery to come out of things. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you see why they will say that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is one, that there is liberty. Where the spirit of lordship is means that you will not, you will not get stuck because of what the, because of lordship. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, and, and the soul, um, the soul not getting stuck, getting free is, is because of the, is the soul's ability to follow the walk which the shepherd is defining for the soul. Praise the Lord. He said, there's therefore now no condemnation for those, for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after what? The, the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from what? The, the law of sin and death. Praise God. Because the law of the spirit of life, in who? In Christ Jesus, has made us free from who? From the, from the law of sin. And uh, so, so it's the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Now, that word Christ, spirit, is the lordship spirit. Right? When, when you see the word Lord, right? First of all, the first lordship which you will find is Christ. That Christ is the first Lord to the soul. Praise God. Now, they say the Lord is my shepherd, but there are different seasons of lordship. There are different shepherding seasons for the soul. But the first shepherd who wants to lead the soul, who actually wants to lead the soul, is, is difficult to lead the soul. Praise the Lord. Do you get what I'm saying? It's very difficult to lead the soul. It's not easy to lead the soul. Someone, when you get born again, the Holy Spirit cannot lead your soul initially by himself, just by the Holy Spirit alone, right? It doesn't, Holy Spirit doesn't lead souls. The Holy Spirit can lead mind. He can lead the mind and he can lead bodies. Very, very an expert at leading bodies. Praise God. Do you get what I'm saying? That he can lead the outward person. Praise God. He can lead who? But you say, ah, what do you mean? That the Holy Spirit leads the outward person, but it doesn't lead it. So you have to understand what movement means when we're talking about movement. Praise God. Uh, we're not talk, saying that you should, talking about just doing things, right? Holy Spirit told me to do this. Holy Spirit can say that to you, but what he has done, he has led your body. 
to do something. Do you get that? The Holy Spirit said, go to this place now. I heard that and I went. He just led your body to do something. Praise God. The Holy Spirit can say, he can also lead in your body, part of, part of leading your, he can, he can drop thoughts in your mind. Think upon this thought. He will bring certain things to you. Praise God. Now, but what we are, the, leaders, the leading we are speaking of, of now is not the leading of the outward man. We're talking about the leading of the inward man. So what does movement mean to the inward man? We have to understand that first. If we don't understand movement of the inward man, we won't be able to understand leading. And you won't understand why I said that the Holy Spirit by himself, that he doesn't lead us. So that if the Holy Spirit wants to begin to lead the inward man, he has to then become, move into an, a kind of operation. Do you see that? That's why they now say the Lord is that spirit. That they didn't just say that Holy Ghost, that wherever there's Holy Ghost, then there's liberty. You can't say that. There's, because the Holy Ghost can be somewhere and there might not be liberty at all. Praise God. The Holy Spirit can be in a place for 10 years and there's no liberty and everyone there is in bondage. Praise God. So everyone might be wondering, why are you saying, why are you saying this? What kind of thing is that? How do you mean? Is the Holy Ghost not powerful? It's powerful. But when it comes to the, the bondage of the soul, there's something about the soul that the, there is the program you have to you have to bring about something. It takes power to, to, to change the movement of the soul. There are things involved because of the kind of creature, praise God, uh, the kind of creature that the soul is. The soul is, <laughs> praise the Lord. Many of us don't know what our soul is. We're just carrying it. We don't even understand the, that thing. The soul is a, is a terrible creature that it's not easy. Why would the Bible say, he that winneth a soul is wise. Hey, if you can win a soul, it takes, the, you are wise, you are wise, you are wise. That what, and that wisdom is not easy. To win a soul means to cause a soul to change its direction. That is, you've won the soul, right? If, to win the soul, to win the soul to your side means that you've been able to make the soul change what is its direction. I'm, I'm if you know that souls don't change direction in crusade ground. Yes, Praise God. Even though the chorus leader will sing, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. Mm. Praise God. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Praise God. Now, now, the song is not a lie. The person can decide to follow Jesus. It doesn't mean that they can follow Jesus. Do you get what I'm trying to say? That the soul following what happens to on crusade ground is that conviction, praise the Lord, and then it's, it doesn't happen, it's just confession that will lead to the recreation of the spirit, right? But the confession which one makes, which they ask you to make, according to Romans chapter 10, is a confession about that thing called lordship. Do you get what I'm saying? It's, is you should confess Jesus as the Lord. If you believe that God raised him from there, you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Is that what he said? 
you confess his lordship, right? You, to confessing his lordship is agreeing to come under lordship, program of lordship. But lordship does not begin the day you get born again. Like he cannot be your lord by just when you just get born again because of that, that soul. Praise the Lord. Say so. Soul, 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 soul. Soul, praise God. Leading of soul is a major project. It's a serious project. It's a very serious project. Um, it is, many strong men try and they cannot. Many valiant, when I say valiant, valiant folks, people who are endowed with gifts and graces and all kinds of things, praise God. You can't lead a soul by oratory power by just natural um, allure or something, just trying to, you can't, you can't win a soul, you can't, the soul will actually now win you, can deceive you, you know what I mean? The soul can, when you're trying to win the soul, the soul can act as if you've won him for, well, because when you, what you bring to entice the soul can be very enticing, the soul that I want, that I want that thing. It knows how to morph to get what it wants, but to win the soul and to make the soul to move and to change course is a, is a, is a great work. Praise the Lord. That theme of the how movement of souls is something that our spirits have invested on for a long time. Satan came. Praise God. And, and he began to do investment in that. Is a profession. Praise God. It's a word. It's a, what, what, I, what I call the profession. The profession of what? Of, of moving the soul in a certain direction. To what, to what would you need to do to guarantee that the person's soul moves a certain direction? It's not easy to do. Praise the Lord. It's not easy to do. Amen. But does such thing are... The power of that is, is a power of lordship. It's a, it's that thing called lordship is actually a, is an elevated kind of position in the spirit. When in the spirit they say, ah, that being is a lord. See that, ah, wow, they know that if, if a being is a lord, there are things inside that being. There are properties. Are you getting what I'm saying? There are what properties inside the being that makes that being a lord. So, the word lordship is a very high, is a very is a high title in the spirit, right? Is a high function, is a high title. Praise God, in the spirit, Amen. I'm just looking at the Bible. I'm seeing different ways for us to access this message. The Lord will help us Amen. to do it now. Um, if you, uh, thank you, in, I think we were reading the other time in Isaiah chapter 25, Isaiah 25, where it was saying that, that in this mountain shall the Lord of hosts, right, make unto all people, let's quickly read that place, thank you Father, glory to your name, we give you praise. Thank you, my God. I give you praise. For the Esther, fasten our heart and our step round. Do we have a comrade? When Asher told a press call, 
Asale merita kaliha la prasata etamasa sa amanofre. Fanahata susprahota makana kamikona kavanahota. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Glory to your name. Glory to Jesus. For the, you have come to a threshold, say the Lord. You have come to a threshold where, where those, those serious minded shall enter. And those who will be serious minded shall, shall move beyond this point. For here there is more understanding. There is great understanding. There is great understanding and even great comprehension lies ahead. So much lies ahead. So much lies ahead for they, they who are of a willing heart. Those who are willing to know. Even those who will follow on to know the Lord. Who will follow on to know the Lord. Yet yeah, those who follow on. Who will follow on to know. Who will decide and choose to follow on. Even into this knowledge. For to such ones shall these doors be opened. To such ones shall be gates. Even great gates of understanding. Great and awesome, wonderful, remarkable doors of understanding are being opened here. They are being opened. They are being opened, opened, over, upon, and even within hearts and within, within souls, souls in this season. Thank you, Father. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you glory, Father. Oh, we bless your name. Oh, in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah. 20, Isaiah 25, verse 6, and in this mountain shall, shall the Lord of hosts, you see that word, that the Lord of hosts, so this Lord of hosts is a Lord, right? The Lord of hosts is, is a title in, is actually an office in heaven. Praise God. It's, a, it's an office that is tied to a particular to a, 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 a terrain of God's habitation, which is the second realm of God's habitation, whether you look at it from the heavens as a second heaven, or you look at it from the tabernacle sense as a sanctuary, right? The things that pertain to that realm. When you say sanctuary, second heaven, you're just talking about the intermediary, intermediate realm that anyone who's coming to God must arrive at. Are you seeing that? So, so you see why there, there has to be a lord of that, of that world. There has to be a lord of the host. So the, the lord of hosts is, is actually the lord that is in charge of the, is in charge of the affairs, praise God, of the affairs of the, of the realm that hosts God. That there's a realm that hosts God is when I say a realm, I'm talking about is like also a configuration. Praise God! It's talking about the is also the mountain of is the mountain of God is the mountain of the Lord. Praise God! Which is that word mount in that which mounts up for to carry God that which which comes out of the earth and which goes up towards God. Praise the Lord. For to, for to be a foundation for him. Praise God. He says his foundation is where? In the holy mountain. Praise God. So, it's now saying here that in this mountain shall this Lord of hosts, and we're seeing that he said this Lord of hosts, that is a, is a title, of course we know now that the Lord of hosts, we know who he is. Praise God. That this Lord of hosts is the Lord Jesus, 
praise God, is, is not just a Lord now. He's also a king, right? He's not just a Lord, he's also what? A king in Psalm chapter 24, the psalm before these, they were speaking, sorry, in the book of Psalm chapter 24, they were speaking about him um, when they were saying, lift up the head, O ye gates, be ye lifted up, ye everlasting daughter, who shall come in the word? The king of glory shall come in. They asked, who is the king of glory? I said, he is the word. Is the Lord that is strong and mighty, and is the Lord what? Mighty in battle. Praise God. So, in that Psalm 24, you're seeing, they're showing lordship in two dimensions. Right now, when you're seeing lordship, the point of the, another reason for lordship, are, are we blessed today? Yes. Are you listening to me? Yes. And that, another reason for lordship is for access. Right? The, the, sheep, the, the, the lordship in the spirit is not just to lead you around. The, the, the Lord is not leading you around aimlessly. He has a place he's actually taking you to. You, you get that. In, when he spoke about lordship in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, or I said, he said that therefore, what come out from among them and be separate, say the Lord. That's come out, is first calling them. Praise the Lord. And now I spoke about another Lord, another position of lordship. Now I said, touch not the unclean thing, and then I will receive you. Say the and I'll be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. So your seeing lordship is is progressive coming, is to a destination. Right, and you know, the destination is the place where God will say that you know, as God has said, that oh, praise God, I will dwell in them, I will what walk in them. Praise God, I will, I will dwell in them, I will do what I will walk in them, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Awesome, beautiful, thank you, Jesus. I will do what I will be their God, and they shall do what be my people. So, you're saying that. That God, the reason for lordship is to, is to prepare the soul for what the kind of thing that God does. Right? Like there's something about God that God is a walker. Right? But God cannot walk in a person whose feet, whose own walk hasn't been configured for to match the walk of God. Praise the Lord. The, that God will not walk where in a, in, a, in a soul whose own word walk has not been what? Has not been configured to match. So I will, when God is walking in them, they won't be stationary. Right? So what's the meaning of that? I will, I, will do, I will dwell in them. I will be in them. I will walk in them. So how can one living entity walk in another living entity? If the, the one who is hosting him is not walking. Do you see that? So what he's saying that he's talking about the soul. That Second Corinthians chapter 6 is speaking about how the, how, praise God, how lordship, seasons of lordship will bring a soul to the point where the soul can, can measure out walk that is of the same kind as God's walk. That when God, God will now say, this soul, I can walk in them because 
when I check their work, their work is compatible with my work. Are you seeing that? It's, it's, so there must be compatibility. So God can't just... So therefore, wherefore come out from among them. So you're seeing that where what the Lord started speaking is because of what God has said, which is that God will walk where in them. Are you seeing that walking in them? Praise the Lord. Now, so that... Shepherding, shepherding ministry is an awesome, 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 wonderful, wonderful kind of, it's a blessed ministry in the spirit because the, 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 the work of shepherding ministry is to bring down actually an inward configuration of God down and give it to a soul because God himself, God himself is an ultimate shepherd. Are you seeing that? That that ultimate shepherd in the book of Hebrews, they call him that great shepherd of the sheep. Let's see that in, in Hebrews chapter. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 13. Verse 20, Hebrews 13, verse 20, praise the Lord. It says that now, now the God of peace that, that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus. Do you see that? The, the God of peace who did what? Who brought what? Again from the dead our what? Lord Jesus. Then that great shepherd. So let's look at this. He's saying that. This God of peace that brought again from the dead our shepherd Jesus. You can replace that Lord Jesus with shepherd because from Psalm 23 it has said that the Lord is our shepherd, is my shepherd. So this shepherd is saying that there is the, the God who brought again from the dead our what? Our own, our shepherd Jesus. But he is that great shepherd of the sheep. Praise God. So he himself is a great shepherd that brought again from who? From the dead, our own shepherd, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. So when they say, um, when he's saying here, our Lord, what's the meaning of that? When he's, he's saying our Lord, he's, he's separating between the great shepherd who is God and this person called Jesus, who Jesus is calling this Jesus our Lord. Are you getting a sense? He's calling Jesus our Lord, our Lord. So what they're saying is there is that you cannot claim the shepherd, in, you cannot claim God as your shepherd. Like that. 23 didn't say the God is my shepherd, no. That is not, uh, that's not our, how, what he's saying it. He's saying, um, but God himself is that great shepherd, right? Who is he? Is that great shepherd, God himself, who is that what? Great shepherd of the sheep. Now, his shepherding ministry, the, 
main manifestation of, thank you, the main manifestation, the, the manifestation of the great shepherd. He didn't, do, he didn't do too much of work, shepherding work. God has only led one man. And then he led that one man. And then that man, his job is to lead everybody else. Do you, do you understand? But so that, that's what they, they call him that great shepherd who did, he, who finished the, if he did an impossible shepherding work. That's what made him great. He's something who, who can, who could lead the, 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 the Lord Jesus who brought him again from the dead. Are you getting what I'm saying? Get, brought him again, bringing him again from the dead. It's, there are things inside that statement. It's, that word again is qualifying his kind of death. Do you see that? that who, the kind of death that they, they brought him from. Praise God. So we know that Jesus Christ is not just the first begotten from the dead. He's also the first begotten of the dead. Right, so that, word, that, that thing called the dead, to be honest with you, that place called the dead is a realm, is a world, is a place called the dead. That when, when a person lands there, you must be led out of that place. Praise God. It's, there's a, it's not just talking about hell, even. It's not just talking about hell. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's just, it's talking about there's, some, there's a place, there's a place, praise God, that, that only, that it took God to lead him from. Praise God. After he has overcome sin, right? He overcame, first of all, first of all, he overcame hell and death. Praise God. Then there is what he called sin and death. It's something else. That's not my, the main message, but I'm just trying to, to tell you something, praise God, that that thing called death, that place called death, um, is a place where is a is death is the is a place of you don't really, you don't really speak about death really you don't engage death unless the soul has been led into the world of everlasting things. Are you getting what I'm saying? That when you say death, death is death means everlasting prison. Do you understand what I mean? Is death means that is any place where you will go and you can never come out from. To come out is not with you. Do you know what I mean? You can if if you, someone sleeps. He, he can, someone can be asleep, but we, from within him, his subconscious will wake him up. It's not simply, death is different. Death is, death is everlasting. Do you see that? Death is what? That's the honest truth. Death is everlasting. But thank God that death is not eternal. But death is everlasting. There's something higher than everlasting. There's anybody that doesn't, that doesn't believe in those things. You've not thought. It's not enough to think. Because thinking can't take you. Can't, can't bring this thing to you. Thinking can't bring to you. It's just, ah, it's scripture. They must, open you. They must not just open your mind. You have to open something. It's 
understanding this separation between what is everlasting, what is eternal, you can never understand it until something here opens. If you try to crack it from it, it can never happen. If something here must open up, you say, ah, okay. And of course, what opens up that understanding is the scripture. It's, there's some, there, of course, there's meek, some kind of meekness that's involved. Now, at least that's a realm where without requisite meekness, it can never make sense to you. That once they begin to talk around that realm, you begin to shut down because they haven't granted that. Are you getting what I'm saying to you? But, so it's very, but it's very clear that death is everlasting. It, it's, so death is everlasting. And when you hear the word everlasting, when you hear everlasting, 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 to describe something as everlasting to you is is something that's everlasting is praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Say everlasting. everlasting. Something that is everlasting is anything that if left alone, its strength will not be abated. And it's not common. Actually, things like that don't really exist in our own realm. You get what I'm saying? Things like that don't really exist. The only thing that exists that we know of is the earth. You understand? The only thing that man, that, that is everlasting, that man knows that exists is the earth. That's the only thing. Do you get? But because the earth is the only thing that has such property that you know. There's nothing else you know that has such property. Anything else you know, being left alone will, will go, will, over time, will do what? So it's very clear that the earth will continue until something comes to stop it. If left by itself, it's going to continue. Forget about all these global warming, all these things. Yeah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. That if the earth is left alone, that if other forces greater than it don't come to stop it, it's going to continue. Is just going to continue because the earth is everlasting. It's an everlasting world. It's an everlasting creature. That's something that God made. Outside that, there's nothing you know that has that property. Everything else will, you know, will go. Praise God. So something that's, so something that's everlasting means that it is, it is, it is, it left by itself, it, it, it can continue. <laughs> left on its own. It can. It actually, something that's everlasting has within it, not outside it. It has within it the ability to continue forever. If left alone. Do you understand what I mean? So another, so what, why would something continue if it's, not, if it's left alone, 
is because it is immune to corruption. Do you understand that? It's because it is what? Immune to, to, being, to being corrupted. Now, what is the meaning of corruption? Let me explain to you. When we say corruption, corruption is not, it's not the exertion of an external force on something. If you bring an external force on something, you've not corrupted it. You've broken it. You have, you have, um, you've broken it. You are, it's not corruption. Corruption can only occur. When you, when you say, I've, you've corrupted that thing, it means that that thing opened its door for you. That's the meaning of corruption. Corruption is bringing about the degrading of something by a willful participation. You understand? Am I getting your sense of what you're saying? Praise God. So the word to corrupt a thing means to negotiate with it until it agrees to, to accept you. And then you can infiltrate by accepting. But if you come by force, that's not corruption. That is, I don't know what the word is, but it's, it is it's false. It's not corrupt. It's not, that's not corruption. Corruption always happens when the within moves to accept something that is contrary. So you can never find such a thing in an everlasting thing. That's what makes something everlasting is that it, it doesn't have the ability to be corrupted. Do you see that? It doesn't, doesn't have what? It means that for it to diminish or depreciate, it must be overcome. Uh-huh. Um, did that make sense to you? Are you getting some sense about this? For it to, to what? depreciate or diminish or die, it must be overcome by something greater. It can never of itself right, take something that will, that is, that will kill it. Uh-huh. That's something that's everlasting. So when you think of everlasting life of God, the everlasting life is that life that will continue forever if left alone. Right. That if there was nothing else that's, that, is, that, that has power that can, to exert against that life, it will continue. It won't stop. You get what I'm saying? Praise God. Glory to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, so, them bringing again that great shepherd. So, the great shepherd is the shepherd who, who, who led. Who, was, who led an everlasting man from the vicinity of death or from the, he led an everlasting man f- from the dead, right, from the place of death.
It was to this great shepherd that the Lord Jesus was crying in the book of Hebrews here, who in the days of his flesh, right, was crying to him who is able to what? To save him from what? Vehement cries. And he was heard in that he feared to him that was able to save him from death. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So that, that death is not a bad, it's not death in some bad sense. It's, what, now explain to me, sir, what, what does that mean? Who, who, he who is able to save him from death, what does that mean? That is an everlasting. Okay. It's an everlasting state. Yes. Out of that state. Because that state left the home for him. Yes. Continue forever. It, it, okay, now, uh, saving him from death, is he talking about, that, about him just dying alone? No. He that's able to save him from death. It's not just talking about him dying alone. What is salvation? No. To be safe from something. Something can be sitting there. And you're sitting here. And you've never talked before. But that thing has the power to end you. <laughs> and you know it. You're not saved from it. Even though its attention might not have turned to you yet. Regarding that thing, as long as it has that power over you, you know it has, it has, that you are not saved. You don't have salvation. To be saved from that thing, they must do something to you. To put you in a the, in the state where that thing has no power over you. Are you seeing? That is the meaning of salvation. So, when you, when you address, think of salvation in that sense, you stop thinking about, ah, I'm a good night, I didn't steal yesterday. You don't understand. It's not about what you've seen. You're, you're stealing and lying and all that. It is, it's things you've not even encountered yet that you need to be saved from. There are things that have not yet manifest, are not yet manifest in our world as of today yet, but you need to be saved from them. Uh, do you get that? That is salvation. So salvation is to make you safe from something. Well, it doesn't mean that that thing has attacked you or anything. It just means that, that your existence is threatened by the existence of something. So, so it's very clear that Jesus needed to be saved from death. What does that mean is that Jesus was crying to the only person who he could, Jesus was in his soul at that point, he could, he can, he can, he could smell death walking around. He could perceive death in Satan. I'm sure when Satan was talking to him, he could smell death in Satan. And he, he might have known that I'm not safe from that thing. Do you think it was everything that Satan has that he, he, that he brought on Jesus? It's not everything at that time. There were things at that time that, that the Lord, God would cannot allow the devil or, the, or Satan himself wouldn't have the ability to, to do or to bring upon Jesus at that particular time. 
right? It took, it took some time for the devil to get to a point where he could engage Jesus, right? Where he could, where he could unleash his greatest power against him. God did, God did not expose his son like that to Satan. Praise God. So it's very clear that he had to be saved from death. So death means that it's something that is, that has, that is everlasting in nature. He had to, 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 to arise above that thing. And of course, that death is to, for a soul to move beyond death. Right, it's, there's only one realm higher than the realm of death. What's that realm called? Right, it's the it's called it's, it's eternal. It's, it's something that's eternal is a different thing altogether. You get what I'm saying? Eternal is different from everlasting. Praise God! It's, eternal is what? Is different from what? Everlasting is different from everlasting. Thank you, Jesus. So, so salvation, the, the real salvation from death is eternal life. Is what is that thing that can save you from what is everlasting? What is that thing that can go into where death is and bring someone back? See that that great shepherd, the, the God of peace, who brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, who brought him. What a what a being! What a being! What a being! Praise God! Thank you, Jesus, who brought again from where? From the dead, our our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep. So it means that that great shepherd of the sheep, he did his, 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 he, he did one walk. He doesn't need to do too many things. It's just one. One. He only saved one person. Do you see that? He's, so that he, he is also, um, thank you, Mahien Foster, Paranok, Hivenor, Taiklavata. Saprana Maori Kava Eshti, Teesteta, Pama Ofreno, Faske Susian, Johanot, Sespreno, Talibrahatu Mian Kofra, and Tesiprahato. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Amen. So, so you see, he didn't need to save, and that was just his plan. He never planned to save more than one. Right? He didn't plan to save more than one. He's, Initially, he brought forth one to save, for to save him in Genesis. So it's very clear that the Lord in Genesis chapter 2 is not Jesus Christ. Do you agree? It's not, but he's the shepherd. That was the first shepherd. That was what opened the Bible. We saw a shepherd. We saw a God who created. 
Then he came in chapter 2 as a shepherd. That was the first, the first shepherd we saw in the Bible. Are you seeing that? It was, not, it was God himself. Do you see that? That they call him the Lord God. Let's see. In Genesis chapter 2, praise God. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Masusaha. Thank you, Lord. So in Genesis chapter 2, you see, of course, chapter 1, you see God, God, God. In chapter 2, they began to speak about after God ended his work, that was verse 2, right? And his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made, and then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he rested from all his work, which, which who? Which God did what? Which God created and made. And then these are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the heavens and what? And the earth, the heavens, the earth and the heavens. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth and the herb of the field before it grew for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground, but there went up a mist from the earth that watered the whole face of the ground. And you see, it goes on and then began to speak about Lord God, Lord God, Lord God, Lord God, Lord God, right? You won't see God again. That chapter is Lord God, Lord God. That word Lord God is shepherd God, shepherd God, shepherd God, shepherd God, shepherd God, right? That's, amen. So that shepherd... That shepherd, praise God. So it's very clear. This, this shepherd here is that, is that great shepherd of the sheep, right? That great shepherd of the sheep who's, who's the one who, who came. He stepped down. This is a step down, praise the Lord, from him just being God. And then he came into something called lordship, right? Which is the shepherding ministry now. So when you see the Lord is for two, at this time, he was already thinking about his, his, he was already thinking about the leading. If you want to tell me what was, what was God thinking at this time? Why was he doing all these things, planning and, and building, doing gardening and all of that? What was it? He's this, this a shepherd. That was, just, that was just the shepherd, praise God. Oh, are you getting what I'm saying? No, he's he's just, we're just creating the scenery, the, the place where he will what, put. And after a while, he said, the Lord God created a garden, eastward in Eden, and there he put the, what, the man which he had formed, praise God. So, so it's very clear that he was just setting the scene for the person who he wants to actually feed and what lead. Praise God. It's for to who he will do what? He will feed and what? And to lead. So you see that the, the tree of life is actually a shepherding tree, right? It's a shepherding tree. It's inside the tree of life you see feeding 
and you see leading. Right? The truth did not fully manifest until later in the, the last chapter of the Bible where you saw that showed me a pure river of water of life as clear as crystal proceeding out of the throne of God and of where and of the Lamb. And he began to describe the river and the street of it, and by each side of it were what? The tree of life, which bear what? To have manner of fruit and what? Praise the Lord. Every month he was bringing forth his fruit. That, that, that should tell you, they already, already seen leading tied to the feeding. Praise the Lord. That the river, you're seeing that it, the, 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 the river which produced the tree, you so spoke about the streets of it. Then later I began to speak about the process of, of nations of later, who of them who were saved, who will begin to what? Are you getting what I'm saying? First of all, the city had no light because the lamb is the light thereof and all of that. Praise the Lord. And then, uh, are you getting what I'm saying? And then, what's the purpose of that light of the city? Is for the leading of people who will need to come to God through that light. Praise the Lord. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, so you see that if you read that chapter, the whole chapter, that, that chapter 22, they are describing feeding and leading in the eternal world. Are you seeing that? that so that, that, that tells you that after everything has ended, there's something that will never end. Two things that will never end. Feeding and leading. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that was, is that, is that mind is the mind from where God came. You want to think about where was this? God wants, God, was, God is looking for why he created man. Why he made man is he's looking for a being who he will keep feeding and leading for eternity. Praise God. Being that he will continue doing what? Feeding and what? And leading for where? For eternity. Thank you, Jesus. Now, in this Genesis, in the beginning of Genesis, praise God. Amen. Amen. From Genesis, um, God created man, Adam. I've described the purposes in God's heart for, to create him right now. God had to come into creation and be a shepherd in creation. Why? Because of to help man to find way back to him. Or to, is to, to help man is that God came from somewhere, created, and brought forth man in that realm. And then his all, all, all his goal is to help that man to come into where he came from. That's it. To summarize the Bible to you, that is the summary of the Bible and everything about God. That's just his thought. God's thought is not too many. There are not many things. Just simple. Just very simple thing. He just wanted to accomplish. You know what I mean? Just to. He just came out of. Now, where he? Where did he come from? He came from. Is where he habits. 
Right? It does say the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity. The high and lofty one that inhabits. They don't say I dwell in the high and holy place with him. That word high and holy place is not the same thing as as, as in eternity. That's what you call eternity. That's what you call the high and holy place. When you hear the word, the high and holy place, it means the most holy. So what is the most holy? The most holy is actually a creation of God. Do you, do you understand that? Most holy is not where God was before. There was nothing called most holy before in God's eternal, where God was before in his eternal existence. In God's eternal existence, there's no most holy there. In God's eternal existence, there's no temple there. You see it later when his eternal, when, the, when his eternal estate came, when, the, when now brought forth the, the, the city that came out of heaven from the eternal God. Just inside there, there was no temple. There's no need. You see, so it means that, you see that classification of outer court or court, holy place, there's nothing there. Nothing like that. It's, it has property of his eternal nature. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, so you see that realm, called, even the realm called the most holy realm, is a step down. You can never find the most holy in eternity. Am I, make, am I making some sense to you? You will never find that was the most holy in eternity. It is when he, he came into, so it's a thus say the high and lofty one. Ooh, that word lofty is like, it's a language, it's trying to describe him, but it doesn't do justice. It's, it's lofty. <laughs> right? So, so, so the, the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, that is his, his actual native habitation. His native land is where? Eternity. But he, that I and lofty one who inhabit eternity, that said, okay, when we now come into the present now, I dwell, where I dwell, where I, in the present is the most, in the, is the high and holy place. So there's what you call as the holy place, which is the sanctuary. Then there's what you call the most holy place or the holy of holies. Another word for most holy is high and holy. It's not just holy, it is what high and holy. The sanctuary is not high and holy. The sanctuary is holy, but it's not high. Right? Whenever you hear the word high, it has to do with that most holy realm. That's why when they take a priest, one is they want to make him a being of that third realm, they make him a high priest. It's, are you getting what I'm saying? It's, the high priest is the being of the word of the of the of the high and holy place. Praise God. So whenever you call God, God most God most high, El Elyon. So that's the revelation of his name. That's the name of God. But El Elyon is not an eternal name of God. In fact, the Bible doesn't reveal it. God doesn't have eternal names in the Bible. You can't. The best names we call him. And they are, they are, they are, are you getting what I'm saying? He doesn't have eternal name in the Bible. Right? So when you say El Elyon, for example, that's God most high. It's the being of the most high place, which is you are, when you're addressing El Elyon, you're addressing the most high God. It's the, it's the, it's the God of the, of the third heaven. Right? It's the God. But that, you see, that God of the third heaven that is not his, his native inhab, in habitation. 
He has, there is a name which he has. That name is a secret name. They don't spell it out. After they gave that name to Jesus, and then they, they said that name that no one knew the name except him that received it. That's what they said in the book of Revelation, that there are names that you can't, when you receive it, you understand the name. Right, so the name that no man can know except you are received it. Those are eternal names. It's the realm of one of eternal names of God. Are you seeing one? So naming doesn't end with when you when you take all the tabernacle, and you know, and one of the main reasons for the tabernacle was to give names to people of Israel. That's what finally he said, I will in this wise shall you bless the people of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine, and all of that, those things. And be gracious unto you. He will lift his countenance upon you. And then he will give you peace. Then later I now began to say that so shall you what, put my name upon them. And then I will what, bless them. So that my name that you put upon them is the name of the, of the tabernacle. It's the world of names. Praise God. That God. Are you guys what I'm saying? I'm just telling you things. When they say, well, the, the uh, amen. There is more to God. Now, even when the, there is a name that is higher than baptisms. Do you understand what I mean? When I say baptism, that there are names that you can never, you don't get baptized into. Right? No, Jesus Christ, he, he gave the hierarchy of names. He taught about the names in Matthew chapter 28, Right? He's saying that teaching them, go into all nations, you know, and baptize them, right, in the name of the Father, the Son. You see, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, those are not all the names that they are, that the soul can bear. Those are the names that, you know, there was no Father, Son, and Holy Ghost until when they came into creation realm, which is the, they move into everlasting expression. And they now began to see, so you see the Father, the then see the, the name of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They are, they are everlasting expressions of God. They are everlasting persons of God. They, out of, they, out of when God came into the everlasting realm, he distributed himself into persons. And each of those persons have names. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh, but but they are, there's a, is a higher name than that. That name you can't get, but you can't baptize anybody into that name. You can't. You can't. It's he that overcome, they will give the name. Without giving the name, the name is a reward. All the name of, name of the Father is not a reward. The name of the Son is not a reward. The name of the Holy Ghost, those names are not a reward to the soul. Those are actually names that anybody who will get those names must work for them. They are names of works. You understand what I mean? But beyond the names of, which are the names of immersion, right? Those are, those are the names of immersion, which you, they are names of baptism. But nobody gets baptized into, God, into the eternal name of God. Are you get what I'm saying? Those names are, are actually rewards that are, with where, that are with him. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Is our understanding getting quickening? To understand what I'm saying, okay, praise the Lord. Let's begin to understand, though. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
God, heaven is, they are excited to speak their things to men. They are excited. They, they, you don't know the glory, you don't know the, the heaven celebrate when they can speak the language. When they can talk at a certain dimension, at a certain level, and speak at a certain level to man, it, re, it rejoices heaven because it tells them that man has, something has happened to you. Right? Something has, it's not everything that, there are some things that they can be talking to you about and they are not too happy. You know what I mean? Stop keeping malice. You think they are happy telling you that? You think that, that, that there's joy in their heart? That's, that's not what they want to be telling you. There are, are more things to talk about. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? <laughs> Praise God. Uh, amen. amen. So, so this God, this high and lofty one, right, who inhabits eternity, who, the, who dwells with him, you see that inhabits eternity is by himself. The high and lofty one who inhabits eternity. But I, I dwell, when I want, in terms of dwelling with man, with him that is of a broken heart, out of a contrite spirit, to revive the heart of the world humble. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, so, so you're seeing this being here at the beginning of Genesis. Um, it was, the plan at the beginning is to come out of the eternal essence, right, into another, it's like a little step down our life and our, our world and our let us step down our, our essence a little bit and let us come into a place, thank you, Jesus, where we can create something else outside of us that we would then shepherd into our eternal world. So the place where, my, where man's, I was just discussing with my wife the other time, I was just like, hi, God, God, like, why, 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 why? Even if, if they are just giving us Christ alone, we would have tried. We would say, ah, oh, God tried to Christ. You know who Christ is? For a, for, a, for a soul, for Christ to be formed in you is an awesome, awesome, beautiful thing. But God is, God is too good. You can never match God in goodness. You can't, when you think of maybe if you have a child or something, some of us don't have a child, but if you have a child, you know your thought about a child, what you want to give them everything. That's nothing compared to God's thought towards man. God is too good. God, God has, he said, he said, this is the promise which he has promised us. Even what? Eternal life. It means that until you are, do you know what that thing is? Do you know what that thing is? Eternal life. Eternal life is the very native life of God. And God said that, took that thing and he promised it to man. Right, that is, he said that, man, this is actually the only thing I desire. I just desire man who I can walk in, in, a, in my eternal world. So it means that that man has to be able to, that soul of a man has to be able to take eternal steps. Hey. Shalimara kaisia Glory to Jesus. 
imagine taking this type of te- step that God take. Aww. You know, it's, it's hard for you to believe such a thing <laughs> because of so much, you know, corruption and wretchedness of, you know, that, that the world. And, that's, and Satan, is a bar- Satan is a polluter. He messes up everything so that you can't even think about good things. You can't even conceptualize because we are, he wants us to be so burdened with our sin that you won't be able to think about anything beyond your sin. There are some souls that when you talk about, when you begin to teach things that don't involve their sin, they get angry. Right? <laughs> you know, that's one of the problems with, with people who are, a lot of people who have issues with everlasting life and eternal life. It's because why are you talking about all those things? Man, when you talk about fornication, adultery, these are the things that we are suffering. <laughs> Lost of the flesh, lost of the eyes, all of that. Let's talk about because we've been so dealt with that all we know is sin. That we can only think about God relative to our sin that we commit. That anything that's not talking about that aspect, and even somebody who even wants to talk about their sin, even though they've been helped a great, to a great degree. For those who are without, many you just want to talk about not even their sin. They don't even want to talk about their sin. They just want to talk about all the goody-goodies that God can give, right? Like just the earthly canal, outward progression. But thank God, many of us, God has helped us from that place. So even if they are talking too much about your money, you will get tired. Ah, it's not everything. I have issues, you know what I mean? So thank God for that kind of thing, that you still have appetite for, for dealing with your issues. Ah, I know, I still have character, I have things I need to deal with, and all things that are apparent to you. Praise the Lord. Are you getting what I'm saying? Thank God for that, but there's still more. Do you understand what I mean? There's still more than cleansing you from sin, your sins. God has more things to say. Do you understand? God has what? You have to get to a time where you can, you can converse with God for months without talking about sin because you have been moved from, away from the vicinity. Sheikh, let me tell you something. Before your sins will go away, your conversation must shift from sins. That is actually the final way you're going to tell sin that it's time, that it's, it's time to go. That's how you're going to register that it's serious to fully gain victory. Do you get what I'm saying? Because there are things worse than sin. Have you heard of something called death before? <laughs> Some of us can't even conceptualize death. What is death? If you say sin, you can resolve it to something. When we say, yeah, death, okay, but forget about physical dying now. Don't add that. Now, can you think about death? Do you know what death is? Many of us don't know what death is. Not physical death, though. I mean death of, spiritual death of the soul. Many of us, what we perceive is sin. In terms of, you know, it's like, wow, I, I don't feel okay with God. There's something that there's something separating me and God is is death. It's not death. It's sin. There is the death of sin, then there's the death of death. 
did you get what I'm saying? Did you get what I mean? There's the word death of sin. What I mean is that there's a separation which sin, sin would, can cause. It's a level. Then there's separation which death can cause. Death is something else. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? And death is not just sin that is lurking around. Death is also close by. So if, so if you say, let me, let's postpone, let's just talk about, let's not talk about anything. You know, say when you're talking about everlasting, you're, the, you're not, no, there's an everlasting thing that's very close around, praise the Lord, that you must, you're, you're, you must, the most, raise the heart to move into the world of that dialogue. To a lot of time, thank God, when you are in the school of Christ, you can, with language and with revelation of the scripture, there can be description of sin, right? All kinds of sins can be described through grace, praise God. All lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life, all kinds of those things in different ways. There's language based on the scripture and by the spirit to describe those things to the soul. In such a way that when there is grace for the person, understanding is given, you can see it. Now, you know the way each of you sees sin? By God's grace, I believe almost every one of us will be able to see sin. Almost every one of us will be able to see sin. Sin, real sin. Many of us could not see sin before. Thank you. What do I mean by seeing sin? I mean that you are able to see the unclean thing. You are able to, you have a, a healthy concept of uncleanness. Nobody can, can, can see uncleanness without the eyes of Christ. That's what the eyes of Christ gives to you. Is to, that you can be able to separate between that which is holy and that which is not. It's a, kind of, it's a priestly eye that, that gives that to a person. Say, so what do you mean? I knew sin before now. I knew that it's, it's about to fornicate. No, you didn't know what fornication meant before. You didn't know what adultery meant before. You didn't know what even just to lie meant. To make a, so, a person understand what lying is, to see lying as a nature, a straight where it came from, and, how, and the wisdom against that thing. You get what I'm saying? Those are sights by revelation. And if you don't have that sight, you can never be free from such things. Right? When you say lie, you know, lying is not just I told a lie. No, someone can be always truthful in mouth, but has a lying nature. Right? Have a lie. You know, that lying nature is a, is a kind of sinful thing that is, are you get what I'm saying, that is in, in the soul. It means that such a person, amen, such a person, Thank you, Jesus. Still swears deceitfully. Right, I said he lifted up so long to vanity, you know, I swore deceitfully. It means that that thing is talking about the language of the soul. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Praise God. I'm, I'm actually a bit slow. I want to move faster. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Amen.
So there is, I'm just going to tell you, there's another conversation. There's a higher conversation which the soul must pick. The soul must pick that conversation. You have to. You have to, you have to, you have to, you have to. Um, that is the, the, to bring you into fully under the, subscribing fully to the shepherding ministry of the Lord, right? The heart must have a very great strength for feeding. Very great strength for what? For feeding. If your strength for feeding is low, you will not prosper under the, the, the ministry of the shepherd. Right? The, now, what is, what is this feeding thing I'm talking about? What is it? What my strength for feeding? You know, this is the, the area of weakness. They've, they've made sure that men so should just be weak when it comes to spiritual food. When it comes to spiritual meal, eating spiritual things, the soul should be what? Completely weak. That when you just, once, so that, and you can tell weakness, once you a phrase comes, maybe a spiritual uh, word, teaching or whatever comes, you just see, you can just see a soul, can just handle it and just compare it. Uh, I don't have a frame of reference for this. No, I don't have a frame of reference. Put this aside. What next one? Is there, is there a frame of reference for this? No, is it, okay. I don't, what is this saying? No, is, it, is it okay, okay, okay. Ah, does this fall into, you know, what we take or does he, or is he in the category of all those things which he says that, which are not applicable to my frame of thinking? I get what I'm saying. Are you, now listen to me, listen to me, praise God. Amen. That there's something about the soul that is configured against that. To, I, someone can be, can be listening to a message now. And I can, I can say a hundred things and you can only take three or two. And that happens to many of us when you listen to a message or when I say, okay, what have you just heard? You've only heard one thing, maybe. maybe. And how do I know that you've heard something that can you bring it back, what was just said? And can you describe what was just said? Do you understand what I mean? Can you bring it back? If you can't do that, it means you did not hold it. And it means that you are lazy. You didn't do the work to, to take that thing and to... You get what I'm saying? It's, it's weakness of for the path of feeding. It's a work Satan has done that is against the flock. It's a, it's, you see, everything, you, you might not be able to tie the world around you to weakness when it comes to hearing God, but everything is connected. Everything. The way entertainment is structured, the way the TV, you get what I'm saying? Is that things must be spelt out a certain way, or things must have some kind of um, amen. How you know that you've been trained is when you get to a point where you can pick a message 
when the message has not been explicitly said. Right. You can, and a lot of time, and a lot of things right now when it comes to in the world, in social media, in even person-to-person communication, um, we have, we've got into that place where a lot of investment has, has gone, gone in programming the way men think. Right, where you can see just a little phrase can be loaded with so much meaning because a lot of training has gone, gone to people. Praise God. Glory to God. So, the problem with, being, with hearing the world too much is that you will not hear God. Right? When, you, when you're used to hearing the world, you will not be hearing God. And if you're not hearing God, as a sheep, you have a problem. Because one thing you must be doing is hearing as a sheep. Say, my sheep hear my voice. But that the sheep should be configured to, to hear what? To hear the voice of the shepherd. So, so a lot of times, many times, many, one of the problems that Christians have a lot of times is Christians are not tuned to hear the spirit. We are not tuned, so... We are not at home with God's manner of speaking. We are not at home with what? With God's what? With God's manner of speaking. We are at home with the world. So if a preacher comes and speaks like the world, we'll understand him and we'll get blessed by him. But if a preacher comes and speaks by, like the spirit and sounds like the Bible, you see people begin to sleep. Any preachers who sound like the Bible, they make people sleep. People, preachers who sound like what? The world, like, like, what do I mean by sound by the world? They, they can, they explain things with worldly, you know, it's not just when you are talking, you are talking inside a frame. Every time you, you communicate, you are communicating within a frame of, of speech. So even, so Satan has decided to Christians how, what frame he has taught us over time. Are you get what I'm saying? And it wasn't out there. We brought him into the church. By the time we, you become, pastors become framed and become public speakers and you know that in the story, oh, I have this, I know there's all those kind of things that we are used to these days, right? There are very, very few preachers who sound like the Bible. There are very few preachers who, who do what? Who what? Who sound like the Bible. But you say, well, why do you have to sound like the Bible? You have to. You have to. Because how the Bible sounds, that's how the Holy Ghost speaks. 
Do you understand what I mean? So the Bible this is not old. It's not an old kind of something. It's not an old thing. Like, you know, it's not an ancient kind of thing. Or I get what I'm saying. It's good for you to be biblical and be scriptural. Think like the Bible. You know what I mean? And don't, don't, don't shy away from, from the, from the culture. The scripture has its own culture. Yeah, and with culture, one of the, the, the high points of culture is language, way of, of talking. Praise God. If you go and bring, you bring a linguist, and a linguist studies a person who they've never heard, that's why the study of languages, when you hear if one is a linguist, it doesn't mean that they can speak all the languages in the world. Linguist is more of, talk of like the analysis of language, right? So if a linguist comes and hears a, a language they've never heard before, and you're not begin to tell them, okay, in that language, what does this mean? What does that mean? They can begin to take apart the language. They will take apart the structure of the language. Why are things framed this way? And when the linguist spends some time with that language, he can tell you so much about the culture. He can tell you, these people don't care about this, but they care a lot about this particular kind of thing. Things they don't care about, you won't find... Are you getting what I'm saying? You understand what I mean? If you take core African language and you dissect it, and then you take maybe European language and dissect it, there are some things you can infer between them. You can tell that one, one, one has a more patient nature than the other. One has a more thorough nature than the other. If, a lot of the thing, why, why is Africa black? Why is there no development and all that? It's not, it's not, you don't need too much. Don't, you don't need too much. Praise God to find the answer. It's not that. Don't go too far, amen. It's not racism. Praise God. That, that, it's not, racism is not the reason why Africa is not. There's just something about us. Right? Praise God. When you look at the European, the, the sentence structure, precision of language. Precision of language. I get what I'm saying. The taking time to, I, I, that kind of thing. Right? Even, la, English language is even low now. And it's even getting worse and worse because of the souls that are getting corrupted. You get what, what I mean? But if you go to a core African language, sometimes, man, when you try and interpret what is said, eh, is that what is really said? You know, there are a lot of things that are in the languages. I think you have to just get the sense of it because it's not really in the word, the word that is said. <laughs> I mean, they don't have time to write out everything fully. Like Yoruba language, for example, that one thing can mean many things. I don't know how you say it. I mean, there's not enough time to craft different words for different things. I get what I'm saying. So you see that thing in the language, you will see it in the soul of the man. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Over time, those languages came over time. Is, so there are some things, there are some things that, that in, the language, in the whole language there are no words for. So some of those things, 
There are some concepts that there are no words for in certain language because such concepts are not important in that language. Right? There can be a language where there is no word for honor. You might, you might need a phrase to describe it because that thing is not really a thing in the language. But just an example. Do you know what I mean? But there are some languages that will be rich with such things based on how the soul is. Amen. So I'm just trying to teach you something. I'm trying to tell you that how Bible sounds, there's something about it. It's not just because they want to be difficult and all of that. It's something about the mind of the spirit. It's a different culture of its own, right? It has its own different culture. And then if you want to, to come into the, if you want to buy into the life which the scripture is bringing, you have to embrace the, the way of thought. In other words, you must embrace the pasture fully. Praise God. Are you getting me? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So, um, God, his goal as a shepherd, praise God, is to bring us back to, into his eternal world, right? Then he created Adam, the first man. Now, when God created Adam, God's hard plan, God's plan wasn't to just raise Adam and take Adam alone, or Adam and Eve alone into his eternal world. That was not God's plan. That was never God's plan. God made the earth for multiplication. Right? He blessed him, made him turn be fruitful, multiply. Then he said, replenish the earth and subdue it. Replenish the earth and subdue it. Multiply. So the, the goal was for Adam to, to make, God's goal was to make Adam an eternal man who can multiply on the earth. And then, when the sign that he is, that he is eternal, is when, that, that, that's the thing, that every eternal, the, the soul, every eternal person, soul, must pass one test. It's called the test of the earth. The test of the earth. That's how they, they can, you can tell that the soul has come into eternal life. Is that it passed? What's the power? What is the earth? The earth is is the everlasting, everlasting. Is the the earth is the everlasting lab where the eternal man must graduate from. Do you understand what I mean? That's where, that's where, where he came and brought Adam here. That Adam should have come into this, the, the, the time how you know that the soul has become eternal 
is that they subdue the earth. It will take an eternal man to subdue an everlasting earth. That was the last thing he said him, and subdue it. That was the, the, last, the last thing he, he spoke. God was speaking to Adam's spirit. That this is what you are programmed to do. This is what you are meant to do. Do you see that? So God made him in his image. And after, it's like it's very clear from convention that that likeness is the eternal nature of God. But God didn't make man in his likeness. He made him after his likeness. That word after is pursue the likeness. So he made him to pursue the likeness, which is to press into eternal life. As press into the eternal life of God. You get what I'm saying? And the sign that man has done that is when he subdues the earth. Do you see that? To subdue it. It's possible for man to multiply but not subdue it. It's very clear that men are multiplying on the earth but they are not subduing the earth. <laughs> All right? Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Mm. It's already 10 o'clock, so we have to go home. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Well, what we've been able to talk about today, um, in summary, is to, uh, for us to have a picture of the, the mind of the, the shepherding mind of God. Like you, must, you must be able to see where does God want to take your soul to. It's not easy to, to get that thing into you. And to make, the, to make that become your perception of yourself relating to God. Many of us perceive ourselves in different ways relating to God. Different ways, based on your own different experiences, your background, how you were taught, what your, the emphasis your Sunday school teacher put, what they emphasized when you were in Sunday school. Different things. We, per, we perceive our, ourselves and God in different ways, but there is an accurate perception, is, which is when you, end, you land into that right perception, you, you've put on the, the clothing of a sheep. You're putting on the, you've taken on your position, your estate as a flock of God. It's a blessed thing to become, to, for you to, it's not everybody that God can consider flock. Praise God. Because not everyone subscribes to that his plan. His plan for the soul. Are you getting what I'm saying? And help must happen. You must, you must be blessed, seriously, for you to accept that, that vision of God. So I was, I accepting that they want to conform to the image of Christ can even be a trouble sometimes. Praise God. But God, God, is, God wants to paint the picture to the end. It's not really, so it's not really about maybe where you are right now. Don't limit yourself to that. He told the prophet, write the vision. Make it plain. That what you can, it's possible to write the vision. Where they, where they write, there are different kinds of writing on soul. 
It's not every writing that's making of covenant. Sometimes writing can be the writing of vision. As part of ministering of the Spirit, there's also, be, there's also part of ministry of the Spirit as writing of vision. Sometimes God can take one year to write vision. And he might not even have started the, the giving of the covenants. Are you getting what I'm saying? That, and that was for vision is promise. So to write out the promises, God can take time to do that because even the promise, you must teach the promise. Yeah. Are you getting what I'm saying? You must, you must do what? That's why nobody should have an excuse. Oh, I'm still little, I'm still struggling. And then when we are writing the vision, you say, no, I don't want to see. Don't show me what God, uh, no, eternal, no, that's too far. I just have my little problem here. I just, I just want to deal with my little selfishness. Let me, can you please, can you teach selfishness message? <laughs> And those people are liars. You know how I know? Because about 100 selfishness messages have been taught. They they've never listened. <laughs> I've been taught, sorry. They've never listened. That's one of the biggest liars. No, it's too, it's too, it's too. Any soul that tells me that the revelation is too great, you are a liar. It's, that's not your piece of lie. You don't like God. Be honest. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? But there will be a time, he says, why should you make the vision plain? That they may run that read at it. That they may run that read it. You, know, because you need to run. You need to run. Because if, if, they, if you are not seeing the vision, if we are only showing you just the next one thing you need to overcome, that just one thing, if you, you will not pick, you will not make haste. You will not see the urgency. You will feel like you have forever to learn how to not get angry quickly with your brother. You will feel like you have forever to learn that one. Well, you don't know you don't have time at all. There's no way you can know until we write the, unless you write the vision and make it plain. A lot of, one of the main reasons why they, they, God is talking about his eternal life is it's not mainly because we are all we are just we are about to enter eternal life in terms of that, that's not the main thing. It's not, you need to understand God. Praise the Lord. What we are teaching now, do you know how long they've been? When did God, when did God start declaring these things? It's been a long time. God, God are you getting what I'm saying? The, the, we must be willing to come into and to become custodians of the vision of God and not, not shy away from the promise which God has given to us. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's what will make us bold. You know, you know when, you, when, you, when you hear eternal life, eternal life, it's, it's to be sitting there in the corner. You're not, you're not afraid. You keep looking at it. Even though you're far away, but you keep one day boldness will enter into you. Amen. This life, I'm going to get it. Amen. That's how this thing is. You just, you just, you just write the vision, make it plain. Make it plain. Make it plain. Make it that if anyone, when it will, there will come a day when a soul will read that thing, it will read the vision, it will read the vision. When, you, when he reads the vision, when you, so the heart reads the vision, the heart will begin to run. The heart will begin to run. You begin to hasten. Time has come when God wants to, they are, they are laying down the groundwork for you to begin to hasten into life. 
One of the reasons things that God is doing this is God wants to say things to you that will create urgency about him. You know, we are not urgent about him. We are just we just feel like we're just here forever and, and everything. No, it's not true. It's not true. Praise God. There's an urgency with which we ought to seek God and we need to seek the things of God. And one of the, the greatest ways to create urgency is by speaking, writing the vision, making it what? Plain. True words, they can make God's eternal word plain to you in such a way that your heart can pick it. Amen. I don't know why I'm talking about eternal, but that's what God is in my heart, it's coming to my heart to say to us, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. you get to a point where you will no longer be weighed down and fatigued by God's, by, by God's thoughts and by God's things. And you won't be, you, your heart will just be so open to God. You just take whatever God wants to give you and you, you that, the, the Lord will position you in such a blessed way where it will be so easy to bless you. Amen. It's so easy for God to, to bring his things into your heart and to share, and to share his things and share his is life with you. Father, we thank you. Oh, Marakasa Pranto Verehena Moske Praeta Fa Oropata Kali Mahaske Lepratavino Groske to Ekrepa Ofremenal Keta Nehesasa, Nohesasa, 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 Hanesasomen Mamano Opreno, Sesupreno, Anefeno, Tasso, Tesco, Tanika, Tonekoronos, Ekrenematemehis. I want us to pray. I want you to pray that ask the Lord to open the door to the sheepfold into you. That Lord, I want, if maybe the aspect of you that is not fully a flock of God, that because you are not fulfilling the nature, you are, you are learning about the nature of God's flock, I begin to ask the Lord that He will begin to open the door for you. That Whatever thing in you needs to shift and needs to change for you to settle with the program of heaven, that the Lord will cause those shifts to occur. It will cause, it will cause Maradamasco Praheravato. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mama Marika Prahasta Pranto Ferrera Mata Nevena Osa Fasia Masasa Mahata Masi Manetoma. You must submit to where he's going. You must submit to where he's taking you. You must submit to where he's leading you. You must submit to his food. You must submit to his provision. You must submit. Begin to ask for help from heaven. Ask for help. Ask for help. Ask. Ask. Pray. Manamaski Prantili Heranoskiria. Say, Lord, make me a flock of yours. Make my soul a flock of yours. Make my soul a flock of yours. Make my heart a flock of yours. Make my heart yours. Make it yours. Make it yours. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. In Jesus' name we pray. <clears throat> Father, we thank you. We bless your name today. We give you praise. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. Thank you for everything. Lord, we ask that you will let your spirit use these words to, to bring about, Lord, initiate the dealings, Lord, which you want to have within our heart, the encounters within our soul, Lord. Open us up, Lord, in this way which you're speaking. Thank you, Father. We give all the glory. We look forward to even more blessed things which you're going to say, which you're going to speak to our heart. 
Thank you, Father. I ask, O oh Lord, strengthen every heart, strengthen every soul, and equip us and make us powerful, O oh God, to receive all of your blessings. Thank you, oh Lord. We worship your holy name. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between.